Fellow South Africans, the National Coronavirus Command Council has decided to extend the nationwide lockdown by a further two weeks beyond the initial 21 days. This means that most of the existing lockdown measures will remain in force until the end of April. Will he, won't he? Well, he's finally put us out of our misery, hasn't he? President Ramaphosa finally bringing an end to the speculation, announcing on Thursday evening that the lockdown shall continue, at least for two more weeks. It's been really difficult. I don't know about you, Gunzima. Hey, this thing is tough. There is sufficient evidence to show that the lockdown is indeed working. Since the lockdown came into effect, the rate at which new cases have been identified here in South Africa has slowed down significantly. Some of you are asking, hey, next five tenths, can we have a chance to at least go buy a little bit of alcohol? Can we at least change location? I'm tired of being on lockdown in this one area with this one person. I want to go there. I share your sentiments, but I'm actually of the mindset that we need to continue with the lockdown. Yeah, 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 I hear you about the economy, but guess what? If people are dead, there is no economy to rebuild anyway. So those are the considerations we all kind of need to have, but most importantly, that government needs to have. So we don't know. We don't know if this thing will be extended. We don't know how you're going to cope. I don't know how I'm going to cope if I continue sitting in the middle of nowhere by myself, far, far away from my own community. It's a really difficult place. But I think the question still remains, do we save lives or do we try and spark an economy? An economy that's damn near flatlined, mind you. But I still argue, what's there to be done with an economy when there are no humans left to feed that economy? When you can't have labor because people have died. It's a very difficult space. I think Cyril Ramaphosa is in a quagmire. Fellow South Africans, I would like to convey an apology to President Cyril Ramaphosa the National Command Center, the South African society at large for breaching lockdown rules put in place to cap the spread of COVID-19. I met with the president after a photo was circulated on social media showing myself at the home of Mr. Mdudu's Manana during the lockdown and social distancing period. I regret the incident and I'm deeply sorry for my actions. So last week I complained about the two Lindiwes, Lindiwe Susulu and Lindiwe Zulu. Virus. Just go away. Please leave us alone. We have a life to live. And then Mdlapa Stara out of the blue, you get Minister of Communications, Stella Ndabeni and her friend Mdu Manana. Now Mdu Manana, if you remember, is a former member of parliament. He's also a former deputy minister. You'll remember his fall from grace, where he beat up a few women, I think, or Cubana even. Fellow South Africans, the unfortunate situation that unfolded in the past two weeks has left me exposed. My true sense of leadership in that situation was tested, and I failed the test dismal. Having reflected deeply on the matter, I have decided on my own to step down from the position of Deputy Minister of Higher Education and Training in the Republic of South Africa, and have communicated my decision to the President. So now, in the middle of the lockdown, with all the anxiety we are dealing with and the strict measures that have been put in place by the president, these two catch up, you know, they have a lunch. And not only do they have this lunch, but it's posted on social media. I remember looking at the pictures circulating. I thought, oh, hold on. There are a couple of issues here. Number one, you, minister, you, member of the president's cabinet, 
you break the lockdown regulations and go visit a friend to someone there is smart enough to post this on social media the arrogance of it all you are so untouchable you put this on social media the country is outraged and then what do you do one the minister of communications does not communicate stella goes quiet she hibernates for however many hours we hear nothing from her then Dumanana goes to a local radio station fumbles some sort of response but ultimately throwing the minister under the bus i have seen the picture of uh, minister Ndabeni abrahams uh, sitting at the luncheon with a number of friends and other people i have asked her to come and see me so she's going to come and see me and i'm going to have a discussion with her and you know what came out of that? Exactly what we expected. No president The president who was apparently unmoved by all of this. All the excuses were they just picking up masks or it was a quick drop in. He didn't buy it. He didn't buy it. He didn't buy it. I don't blame him. I didn't buy it. Did you? I <laughs> don't think anyone bought this story. But ultimately, the president then places the minister on suspension. As I speak to you, she's suspended for two months, one without pay. But it gets better. He then says, you know, it's also up to law enforcement to act, in essence, saying law enforcement must take its course and no one. And I mean no one is above the law. As I speak to you now, the EFF has gone to the police station to also lay a charge of breaking these regulations against the minister. But that's not the only strange thing that's happened. Have you guys picked up on Daba Mandela and his social media posts? So I got my test results back um, and they tested positive. I have the Rona, yo. The Rona. Can you believe that? The Rona. Damn. So, what now, guys? What now that I have the Roma, right? Ndaba Mandela, he's the grandson of the iconic Nelson Mandela, the founding president of this country's democracy. Then earlier this week, same guy, Ndaba Mandela tells us that he's now in the clear of COVID-19. Hey, yo, check this out. Last week, Tuesday, I went for another test. I just got my results right now from the doctor. He told me that I tested negative for the corona, all right? Negative for the corona. No vaccine, all right? Anybody who comes here talking about the vaccine, tell them to get the hell out of here, okay? You gotta eat healthy. You gotta stay away from alcohol. You gotta stay away from cigarettes. I wake up in the morning and I make hot water, put some lemon in there, put some ginger in there, put a little honey in there, sip on that, right? And right after that, I get a little garlic clove, I chew on that. I get some oranges, I chew on that to take away that harsh, you know, garlic flavor. You understand what I'm saying? If this was the cure, if this was how we get over COVID-19, all of us would have done that. The millions who are now infected with this virus across the globe would have just maybe chewed a bit of garlic, yeah? Doesn't this also remind you, particularly in a South African context, guys, doesn't this remind you of the beetroot and African potato era? That's right. When our government was making that the suggestion in dealing with HIV and AIDS, saying, no, 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 no. There's no need for scientific anything. Just eat your African potato. You'll be fine. I keep listening to Ndaba and thinking, yo, can Nelson Mandela, as they said in Sarafina, make me numb? Make me numb, Nelson. Make me numb. But better yet, maybe we must call Becky Kleider because, yo, these people are misleading us. Surely they're misleading us. And Becky must come on board and do what he does best. So I kind of checked out over the weekend. I wasn't paying too much attention 
attention to the news. The only time I realized that something was brewing is when I started getting calls from politicians asking me what has News24 done. Of course, this is around the story uh, involving the tech billionaire philanthropist Bill Gates and around the funding efforts he wants to channel towards Africa and South Africa. I think there was confusion in terminology in a story that News24 produced. This is an issue around testing versus screening versus vaccines. Again, there is no vaccine for COVID-19. And I think that's part of where the confusion is. And I think while News24 has come out quite strongly in, in taking it on the chin and admitting that they made an error, there was a lapse of judgment or systems somewhere. But I also think that it's one of those moments that calls for severe introspection in our space. And I think we're not coming to the party as a media industry. As a fraternity, we're not coming to the party nearly fast enough in reviewing how we function. So it's a very difficult space. I talk to you about it now knowing it's a tricky space knowing i work at news 24 knowing that i'm part of the media fraternity that i'm saying needs to sit down and review its own processes how it does things and whether or not that's beneficial not only for just for us but the people we claim to serve and love so much you know we also see ourselves as members of country duty and there's a big question around whether or not we're doing country duty well in an era of journalism as some have dubbed it so there's a lot of Whew, careful thinking and a lot of pausing that needs to happen as far as the fraternity is, is, is concerned. So so that's kind of how I view that thing. I don't look at it just a News 24 faux pas. I think it is. And I think News 24 recognizes that and has come out saying that. But it speaks to a much, much greater issue and need for introspection. So this is the fourth episode of One More Thing with TD Madia. <laughs> A podcast that I am doing from my house. I'm actually in a closet as I speak to you. We are, of course, experiencing the lockdown, the difficulties of the lockdown, the meltdown of the lockdown. As I imagine, so are many others, minus maybe Estelle and Davini Abrams and Dumanana because they are not adhering to the regulations. But I think it's a difficult space. I remember when the lockdown was happening, there were many, many, many voices that warned of gender-based violence saying, oh my goodness, women and children will be stuck in a house with the perpetrators of GBV they'll be stuck with their abusers and that's kind of where I want to go today I've asked for Dr. T Dr. Kaleng to come join us and just chat to us a little bit about what that's like she'll be joining us via zoom conference uh, and we'll have a conversation around what the figures are Dr. T is one of those people who raised a voice when the lockdown was happening saying oh my goodness women and children will be stuck in households with their abusers we'll speak about GBV in a time of COVID and hopefully again be enlightened a little bit understand the issue a little bit better than we did before uh, in taking it forward. Doctor, thank you so much for joining us. Hello, this is so wonderful and thanks so much for inviting me. I'm very happy to finally be chatting to you. We've actually never had a proper serious chat about gender issues in our country, so I'm finally happy we're doing it, even if it's virtual. It's way overdue. I'm very excited. Doc, let's start with GBV in a time of COVID-19. You're one of the few people who continuously tweeted about how women will be stuck with their abusers. Mm. Just talk me through what you understood then. For many of us, the issue of gender-based violence, it's something we're living with every single day. This is anxiety-inducing, right? Even if physically no one is going to beat you up in the lockdown, mm. there's a psychological uh, trigger and an anxiety that comes with being in a lockdown situation with your previous abuser, your potential abuser, 
or someone who you know they have problems of how they they react you know in in relationships issues of power it was really a concern from knowing firsthand um what trauma does what trauma looks like and what what it looks like in families because it's not just an intimate partner issue intimate partner violence is a problem yes but there's a lot of other relationships within homes that are also resulting in trauma if you think of people who are queer who are normally kicked out of their families and alienated from their families a lot of them end up homeless what mechanism do we have to assist people for whom home is not this assumed safe space they already know home is not safe so in a lockdown when we say go back home what do we what are we saying to people what have you been dealing with during this lockdown what are people calling asking for assistance with what are the pressing issues so you know it's very mixed i think because even the non-governmental organizations um that usually assist where the government isn't able to assist or reach even they are on lockdown they haven't been listed as essential so you will find that you know people know me obviously for the sexual and reproductive health so women will be asking can i still go for my contraceptive um a lot of people have been told that they can't get contraceptives they can't get their abortion i've had a young woman in pretoria that i was assisting who had gone to a facility before and um you know she wasn't assisted properly she was verbally abused but also we do have a lot of gender based violence cases some of them you know we assist complainants um report to police um one of them i know is is awaiting a court date um some people actually it's about issues of maintenance right they are very worried that because of the lockdown um it's going to be very easy for people to not pay maintenance and we know that um you know under normal circumstances the issue of maintenance is quite difficult in any case and so those are some of the the, the issues but i think the 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 family violence um um you know the issues of child protection ch- sexual offenses um are continuing um to be a problem uh, unfortunately even though the who has has affirmed that sexual and reproductive health services are essential um you have a lot of health facilities which are turning people away that that's just some of the few types of cases that we've been dealing mm. with i keep asking myself so if i'm hearing something down the you know down my street how do i do it when i myself i'm in a lockdown what do we say to citizens about if you pick up that something what do we do um what must we do to assist how do we intervene when we are all in a lockdown we're meant to be it is very difficult i think we have to acknowledge that it's very difficult because not only are you risking harassment we've seen the videos of citizen being beat up just being in the ir yeah. right you are risking all of that mm. to try and respond to a to a very pressing urgent issue so the law enforcement officials need to understand that their role is more than just about law and order and 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 making people not be in the streets i wish that there would have been like a specific deliberate discussion around mm. them being the ears and the eyes on the ground because right now citizens can't be those ears and eyes but they can so there is a lot of obstacles that we are creating by neglecting to actually think about these problems in terms of their reality on the ground is mm. i listen to peggy tell speak about how serious serious crimes are down and then people are like yeah so gbv is not serious to you and then you listen to the social De- development minister uh, lindu ezulu 
almost sound like she's being reactionary on the issue of GBV. I don't even know where the Minister of Women and President Timaite Mkwalamashabani is, to be honest with you. So you have this government where you feel like they don't get it. I don't know if I'm wrong. I'm being harsh on government. I don't know what practitioners are looking at and activists. But what do you see when you look at government's response and handling of concerns around GBV during a time of a lockdown? We need a subcommittee during the lockdown that's looking at the issues of GVB, the same way you have a command center for, G- for, for, for the COVID-19 epidemic. We need a subcommittee that can deal with the issue of GVB because it's not going to end. In fact, some of the issues will get heightened yes. because of the lockdown, because of the conditions of a lockdown. And, and it's a, it is a human rights issue. I think we need to understand that, you know, the right to safety and security, the right to safe working spaces and safe communities the right to to dignity and bodily integrity these are these are human rights issues so women and children and all the people who are survivors of abuse are not asking for a special treatment or a special consideration these are human rights issues which mean that we in whatever solutions we are coming with for whatever reason we have to promote and protect human rights. Can you just run us through just a few of the avenues that people can turn to when they're seeking help? Where people can, get to your nearest clinic, go to your nearest police station. Where it's not possible, there is a toll-free number for the GBV command center that's supported by the Department of Social Development. It's 0800-428-428. From any mobile phone, you can also put star 120 star 7867 hash. This will also go to the command center. The Commission on Gender Equality's toll-free number 0800-007-709. If you are a person with disabilities, you can SMS help to 31531. And for Childline, it's 0800-055-555. Thank you so much. But before I let you go, I've got one more thing. I can't talk to Dr. Clough Clough <laughs> and not discuss Clough Clough. For those who don't know what Clough Clough is, uh, <laughs> we speak about sexual pleasure things. After all, she is the author on all things sex. Doctor, um, for those who are locked up with a personal person, I'm not one of them. Uh, I think there are questions around sex during a time of lockdown, how to navigate it. They say we must keep physical distance from people. What do you say to people around the issue of sex at this time, at this point in time? So right now, the safest form of sex is sex with yourself. Self-pleasure, (laughs) self-play. This is important because the the virus has been found in saliva as well as mucus, right? So even oral sex is still a high-risk form of sex. Penetrative sex, definitely. There's still ongoing research to determine if vaginal fluid or semen has the virus. But remember in medicine, when we are not sure, we are always cautious. The next type of safer sex you can have is sex with the person who you are currently in lockdown with. Please continue using condoms to prevent other types of STIs, of course, as well as, of course, the coronavirus. And definitely, um, you know, if you are someone who doesn't want to be pregnant, who you are pregnant, who you're not even sure, you please go to your nearest clinic, get assistance because sexual and reproductive health are still essential services. Sex with yourself is number one. And then sex with the person you are in lockdown with. That's 
60 people like me who are in lockdown all by themselves more than anything else. I must tell you, every time I hear the phrase cloth, I giggle. I don't know what to do. It's so, it's so funny. I'm like, oh yeah. my God, it does sound like that. Um, Dr. T, thank you so much for your time. You're welcome. Thank you so much. And be safe. Please be safe. I hope you get some rest and I'm sure we'll be chatting soon. So this is yet another week where we will not bring you the top three with Tandra that's brought to you normally by my colleague Lisa Gatandra at the Politics Desk at News24 because, you know, we are operating under unusual circumstances. Earlier I said to you, I'm coming to you from the closet in my bedroom, so it's a little bit hard to connect with each other across the country or across the province, but I also wanted to take a moment to speak about the special, special human who just passed on. As a young black woman who watched Vinolia over the years as a child and just watch magic come on the television every Friday on Jam Alley. It is such a massive loss. I cannot begin to explain how much fire she ignited in so many young women. I look around and I see so many of us have attempted to emulate her in one way or another. You come into the room and you set the light. That was Vinolia. May her soul rest in eternal peace. May it rest in power. For News24, my name is Tidi Madia and this podcast was produced by Noctula Magnati.